Hi, it's Darren from coachingyoungathletes.com. In his book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell tells us that expertise requires 10,000 hours of practice. He says that 10,000 hours is the magic number of greatness. Now, whether you agree with the 10,000-hour rule or not, and many people don't, it seems likely that the amount of time spent in high-quality practice is linked to a high level of performance and competence in a sport. Even if we are not aiming for expertise, it seems obvious that a certain amount of focused practice is needed to reach a certain level of competence. Now, this theory presents a dilemma for youth sports coaches and parents, particularly those involved in high-impact, high-intensity sports such as track and field. How can coaches or parents of young athletes balance the amount of practice required for competence with the ever-looming problem of burnout, overtraining, or pushback from the kids? We know that physical activity is good for kids, but should we all be striving to meet some magical minimum number of hours of sports practice? It's, going, it's a balancing act. I want my own kids to feel competent as sports people, but how can I ensure that they get the right amount of practice without overstepping the mark? It has been suggested that as a limiting guideline, a young athlete should not be practicing for sport any more hours per week than their age. I really welcome such practical guidelines, but even this amount of practice is quite a lot and needs to be treated with caution. Think of a 12-year-old practicing for 12 hours a week. This averages at two hours a day, six days a week, and seems over the top for most kids. I also worry that this age equals maximum hours guideline could be twisted and misinterpreted by many and applied haphazardly. I'm concerned that we will see coaches and parents um, interpret the maximum recommended limit as the standard to aim for or apply the maximum limit instantly rather than gradually adding volume or fill these hours entirely with formal, repetitious, specialised content. So how can we build up the hours of practice in a kid-friendly way? Well, if we accept that a good sports program should build competence and give kids a chance at expertise if they are so inclined, then we need to look for ways to provide them with access to a sufficient amount of time in quality practice. But can this be managed in a way that avoids overtraining and burnout? Altering our interpretation of what practice is for kids may be the key. Now let's expand on this. Let's use an example of a 12-year-old who has shown real promise as a long jumper. If we use the age equals maximum hours guide, I cannot imagine and I don't support a 12-year-old performing long jump-specific practice for 12 hours a week. It is unlikely that they are physically robust enough or have the temperament or motivation to spend 12 hours in formal long jump coaching over the long term. 
Now, despite the inevitable success stories of kids following such a path, I suspect that more kids will end up as injured, disenchanted dropout statistics. I believe that two track and field specific practice sessions per week, totaling about three hours, is sufficient for most 12-year-olds. But this is way below the age equals maximum hours recommended limit. So how can we safely and effectively make up a bit of the difference and build up a few more hours of exposure to sports practice? It takes some creative thinking and a redefinition of what practicing for sport is. So let me give you a few tips for attaining more sport practice. Quality development experiences don't all have to be achieved in a formal sports practice setting. There are ways to give kids greater exposure to sports practice without putting them into a specialised formal single sports program. And here are some ideas. Number one, multi-sport participation. Don't try to pile all those hours into one sport. There is wide support for young athletes avoiding early sports specialisation and being involved in multiple sports. Many believe that a prerequisite to becoming competent in a specific sport is being a good general all-round athlete. Now, a word of warning here. Multi-sport participation is great and I recommend it, but there is a point where it can go too far and kids and families can become overcommitted both time-wise and financially. A number two idea for getting more sport practice is playing the game. Playing the game, just playing the sport, can be a great teacher and surely one of the best learning environments for a young athlete. I think that time playing the game should be included as practice. Playing the game is practice. Number three, general sport-related sessions. Athletes don't need to be specifically practicing for their sport to be developing skills related to that sport. To me, a general strength-based session, for example, or a gymnastics-related circuit is valuable in developing skills and abilities that are transferable to and beneficial for many sports. Number four, vigorous active play. To me, providing opportunities for kids to get out and actively play can help. Taking them to parks and playgrounds and sporting fields where they can run, jump, climb, push, pull, lift and balance. This type of activity should certainly be counted as sports practice without the formalities. Number five, access to sporting equipment. Malcolm Gladwell suggests that one's environment and access may be a factor in developing expertise. So studying a young athlete, so, so supplying a young athlete with easy access to the tools of the trade, whether it be a football, a cricket bat and ball, for casual incidental use can provide more opportunities for practice. Number six, backyard play. Similar to the previous point, there are many famous stories of world-class cricketers being developed in backyards across Australia and of elite soccer players honing their skills in their town and city streets. 
This is most often child-driven with little or no adult influence or interference. Number seven, spontaneous opportunity. If your child wants to throw or kick a ball, drop everything and play with them. A few minutes here and a few minutes there can gradually build up a lot of time spent involved in both general and sport-specific movement rehearsal. So let's not fixate on a magical figure, a magical number of hours. If, if we recognise all the above, everything I've spoken about as sports practice, then we might be able to relax a little and worry less that a child's not getting enough practice or keeping up with other kids. Suddenly that 12-year-old may be doing 12 hours of quality sport-related practice in a week without being forced into a formal single sport setting. And if they don't end up becoming a high-performing long jumper, the breadth and depth of their development will contribute to their success in other sports and the competence and confidence to lead a healthy, active, connected lifestyle. Trying to get them to achieve 12, 12 hours of specific formal single sport practice makes it less likely that they will find opportunities for the other factors that are likely to ultimately factor into them becoming a better, well-rounded, more robust athlete. And a word here. Yes, we probably need to proactively build up the hours that kids are exposed to quality sport-related practice and experiences, but don't get obsessed with tallying the hours or fixated on a magical figure. So some recommended actions here. Approach the 10,000-hour rule with wariness. View the age equals maximum hours of practice in context. Alter your interpretation of what practicing for a sport can be composed of. Instead of trying to add more hours of formal sport-specific training, accept that there may be as many, if not more, benefits in tallying up hours through inclusion in other sports, backyard play, and spontaneous opportunities. The key is providing the means, the access, and the opportunity. So let's go over those seven things that I mentioned one more time, seven alternatives to sport-specific practice. And they include, number one, multi-sport participation. Number two, simply playing the game. Number three, general sport-related sessions. Number four, vigorous active play. Number five, access to sporting equipment. Number six, backyard play. And number seven, spontaneous opportunity. Thanks for listening today. It's been great speaking with you. If you've got any comments or questions, you can contact me at coachingyoungathletes.com. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.